0: Hey there, and welcome to the Just Keep Blogging podcast. I'm Kim Anderson from kimandersonconsulting.com, and I'm here to give you a regular dose of blogging adrenaline. Super excited because I got the opportunity to interview Christy Wright from Business Boutique. And I'm going to be honest with you, I actually originally recorded this interview for my other podcast, the Thrifty Little Mom podcast. And it was so good that I decided that I was also going to publish it here with the Just Keep Blogging podcast because I genuinely think she has such good nuggets of information here about having a business and they all apply to online business as well. So I really hope that you get some inspiration and insight and encouragement out of today's episode. Let's talk to Christy Wright. Hi, Christy. Welcome to the Thrifty Little Mom podcast.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: So we've met twice in person before and both times it was at a business boutique event in Nashville. And I really appreciate that you took time today to help encourage and guide us to make money doing what we love.
1: Absolutely. I love what you're doing. So I'm happy to help.
0: So Christy has a new book titled Business Boutique, A Woman's Guide for Making Money, Doing What She Loves. And I can't tell you how stinking excited I was when I heard you announce this at Business (laughs) Boutique last fall. Like I was sitting in the audience and I was with my best friend because I took her to Business Boutique with me because I was like, girl, you have to start this business. It's on your heart. And you have to go to (laughs) Business Boutique because I was like, if you want the kick in the pants, just... (laughs) go for it. And to get really excited, you have to come with me. And so she came with me and she was sitting there. And when you were like, I've got a book coming out, I like nudged her. And I'm like, I am so excited because the years that I've gone in the past, I've always sat there in the audience." And as you're going through all the information, in the back of my mind, I'm like, this would make like an amazing book. Like there's nothing that compares to the actual business boutique live experience. So I don't want to, <laughs> you know, put that down because the energy in that room is like ridiculous and the whole environment right. is just so empowering. But the book I knew, like, if if you could just put all this information in a book for for people who just... Need a little bit of guidance and an in-depth understanding of business in a way that's applicable and takes the like scary out of it. Uh, I knew that was going to be a huge deal, so I'm really. Well, I'm so
1: glad you said that. Thanks for saying that because it really it's something that we were so excited about. But one of the the biggest, I guess, challenges even with the business boutique, you know, as you know, it's only about 18 months old as a brand, and we launched with that very first event in November of 15. But man, this market is so underserved. There are millions and millions of women that have the ability to start side and small businesses, but they just need help. And so we've just been running hard and fast, trying to keep up with the demand as fast as possible. So we're so excited to get this book out where this can get into the hands of so many more people that may not even make it to an event, to your point.
0: Exactly. So can you tell me a little bit about your mom and how she inspired you and is still inspiring you today?
1: Absolutely. Well, my mom is a single, you know, she was a single mom growing up and she started a little bakery when I was six months old to raise and support me. And so, as you know, Kim, I'll talk about this on stage at the event, but I was raised in the cake shop literally at times. So, growing up, this was the backdrop to my whole childhood. And when you think about it, parents really create their version of normal for kids. So, kids grow up in whatever household, whatever world they live in, their parents kind of define normal for them. So, for me, it was normal to be raised by a woman that worked really hard. It was normal to be raised by a woman that used her gifts. It was normal to be raised by a woman that saw something she wanted and went after it. And when she got knocked down, she just picked herself back up, dusted herself off and went after it again. And so that really created my version of normal. So when I grew up and I was 16 or 17, it wasn't If I could pursue my dreams, it was just which dream did I want to pursue? Like it was just a given that I had permission to go after the life I wanted to create. And I love that that was such a powerful example mom set for me as a young child and getting to watch her uh, model that but then also give me permission even as a young woman to know that I could do that as well. And so certainly even still today, mom is so, uh, she and I are so close. We're more like best friends or sisters than mom (laughs) and daughter. And, uh, and she's just, you know, always in my corner and always quick to give me a word of wisdom or, um, you know, a word of encouragement to help me in this new venture that I'm doing. So she's just, yeah, she's just, she's the best. I'm so thankful to have had the mom that I did that raised me and shaped me the way that she did.
0: Yeah. It's one of my favorite parts of business. Boutique is on stage when you have all the bags of flour up there. And and you talk about how you used to like sleep on those with your big comforters when you were little and things like that. That's right. So, one of my favorite quotes from the Business Boutique book was fear isn't a sign you're doing something wrong, it's a sign you're doing something new. And what do you think are some of the greatest fears standing in the way of most women pursuing a business doing what they love?
1: Well, I think it's fear of the unknown. And one of the most common questions that I'm asked, Kim, is how do I know if my idea can make money? But what I really hear women asking me is, will it make money? It's like so many women, they want a guaranteed path to success. They want a straight upward climb to the mountaintop with no dips and valleys and mistakes and failures along the way. And the truth is, that is not possible in business. If you're not making some mistakes along the way, if you don't have some bumps and bruises from, you know, your flaws and your errors and things gone wrong... Then you're probably not trying very hard. You're not trying enough new things. And so the entrepreneurial journey, the journey in business, is one of, you know, leaps and bounds, but also setbacks and failures and bumps and bruises. And it's hard sometimes. And so I think just the fear of the unknown, the fear of those failures, the fear of the rejection, the fear of what other people will think, all that really gets in our head and it keeps us stuck and it holds us back from ever wanting to try anything. It's like if you were to tell women, hey, you're going to have an easy route to success. It's going to be a proven path. It's a guaranteed path to success. And you'll never disappoint a single person. You'll never make a mistake and you'll never fall down, they will all do it. Because I believe that's the number one thing that holds them back. But if you can just instead tell them, you know what? These things are a part of the journey, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to get to that level of success. It just means they're going to accompany you along the way. Fears is a normal part of the journey. And so it gives them permission to fall down and know that that doesn't define the fact that they're a failure. The failure was the event. They are a success and they just got to keep going.
0: And I love that you say that they just need permission because I think so many of us, especially like women entrepreneurs, it's for some reason, like we always feel like we just kind of need somebody to give us permission to take a risk or
1: permission. I know. You're right. We are like that. Like, it's it's amazing how uh, I had a, a co-worker come into the office. This was like a couple of weeks ago. And he's on our video team. And he said, hey, Christy, I just got to tell you, I gave uh, my wife your book. She's got a little Etsy business. And she's reading it. And she just loves it. And she said to me, this is my co-worker saying this. She said to me, I mean, she just, she really has told me I can do this. Like, I really believe I can do it. And my coworkers going, yeah, I've been saying <laughs> that for years. But it's something about hearing from someone that's been in your shoes. It feel like it's hearing yeah. from a woman, woman to woman, mom to mom, business owner to business owner saying, you know what, I know how scary it is, but let's do it anyway. Versus your spouse or someone else that maybe you feel like they don't understand you. Sometimes just having a different voice mm-hmm. speak into you, giving you that permission is exactly what you need. And And I'm really thankful to get to the have the opportunity to do that in a way that that's connecting.
0: Yeah. So to be honest, I think there's a lot of women out there that would love to have a business. But when you ask them what they want to do, they start listing out all the stuff they might like to do or stuff their friends are doing or stuff someone is trying to talk them into doing. And I've had friends who stunk at like selling get roped into multi level marketing, and they hated it. Even though their best friend was like crushing it. So how does a gal figure out exactly what she should be doing?
1: You know that's a great question. So one of the things that I love to tell people is start with what you have. So let's look at what you have in terms of your your toolbox uh, of of yourself. So let's say your skills. Maybe you have education or degrees or certifications or credentials. So start with what you have there, or maybe your strengths. You're naturally talented as a singer. You're naturally talented as a seamstress or an organizer or you're naturally talented with math and numbers. You know, what are what are those things you're just naturally gifted at that everyone says, oh my gosh, you're so good at that. You should start a business doing that thing. So start with your skills, start with your strengths, or you can start with your stuff. So that would be like, physical stuff. Do you have a swimming pool? Maybe you could teach some lessons. Do you have a sewing machine? Maybe you can sew handbags. And when you start with what you have, whether that's skills or strengths or stuff, then you're reducing the risk of, of starting a business because you're starting with what you have. So it's very low risk. You're reducing the cost, which I know you're a fan of, Kim, mm-hmm. like keeping the cost down. And so obviously those go hand in hand, lower cost, lower risk. But you're also lowering the intimidation factor. It's not like, oh man, I've got this grand pipe dream idea that's so big, I don't have any of the skills, any of the strengths or any of the stuff, well, that's going to be a really long runway for you to get that off the ground. Instead, what's the lowest hanging fruit? What's a quick win that you can start with what you have and then you can dip your toe in the water of business test, improve your idea, see if it's working and then build on it. If you know what, if you start some lessons and it's rocking, maybe you buy some more swim equip- equipment, maybe you hire some more swim instructors, maybe you move to a larger pool. But because you started with what you had, the risk and the cost and the intimidation factor were so low, it helps you get your best business idea and get started quicker.
0: And I love that you said that you need to kind of test because I think part of the intimidation factor for some people is that they just think, if I start this, I have to be all in, you know what I mean? Like I have to go all after it. I've got to have this and this and this. And I'm always like, just see if you can make money doing it first before you try to like even go through the steps of getting a business license. Like if you can sell a few to your neighbors, that's probably a good sign that it's a product people want, you know?
1: You know, it's so funny you say that because we're very intentional about the language that we use in business boutique. And I know you've experienced this from being at our events, but even, the book, even the tagline of Business Boutique, I don't say very often, I help women start businesses because many of the women I work with, the idea of starting a business, to your point, is this jumping off a cliff, Dun, da, 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 I'm starting a business. Like it's this big, hairy deal with investors and startup and brick and mortar store and all this intimidation. And they're like, no, 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 that's not for me. That's why I take it down and put the cookies on the bottom shelf and say, you know what? Forget about starting a business let's make money doing what you love. And for many women, it's as simple as you've got this hobby you've been doing. And now I'm going to help some people and I'm going to start to charge for it. Well, when you help someone and you get paid for it, congratulations, you're in business. It's that simple. It doesn't have to feel like jumping off a cliff. It's as simple as getting paid for what you're already doing.
0: Speaking of getting paid for what you're already doing. Now, I know something that you regularly reiterate is that making money is good. And why do you think so many people struggle with that idea?
1: Well, you know, this is something definitely unique to our wiring as women, and you see it in, in much more often in women than men. Women tend to undervalue themselves. Women tend to ask for raises less often in their corporate jobs or careers, that type of thing. So you're seeing a trend in our wiring, but it's also something that goes along with the nature of the entrepreneurial journey. So if you are putting yourself out there in business, then you are the business. You are the product. Even if it's a hair bow, you made that hair bow. Even if it's a Uh, service you're the one providing the service so it's very very vulnerable to put yourself out there in business and say, will you buy this? Will you accept me? Uh, Am I worth this to you? It's the whole death of a salesman thing where you feel like, I don't know if I can sell myself. I don't know if people will accept me. And the truth is, uh, if you're solving people's problems and you're serving them well, they're not only willing to pay you, they are thrilled to pay you. But so often we focus as women on the wrong thing. So here's what I mean by that. Many women will say this phrase to me, Well, I feel bad taking money from another mom. Now you're using the wrong words. It's as if you're reaching into her purse and snatching some 20s. It's like you're not stealing from her. You're not taking money from her. Instead, I want you to focus on the value you're offering. And as a result of offering value, solving her problems, meeting her needs, you're making money you're not taking it, you're making money, you're earning it as a compensation for the value you're providing. And I love how uh, Rabbi Daniel Lapin talks about this. He was like, when you serve your customers well, they will give you certificates of appreciation <laughs> with president's faces on them. They will pay you money. <laughs> awesome. But you know, as women, we just get all squirmy, you know, I feel guilty, I feel bad. But it's because the real root of it, honestly, Kim, is we don't believe Mm -hmm. in the value that we're offering. And if you don't believe in the goodness of business and making money and the value you're offering, you will never have a good business or make money or teach others to believe in that value. If you don't believe in it yourself, it has to start with you. And I'll give you an example. When I'm at um, book signings and Kim, people sign up, You know, they line up to have me sign their Mm -hmm. book. I had a woman come up to me, at one event and she said, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have this book. You know, I'm, I've got some ideas about business. Uh, do you think that it'll help me? <laughs> I did not say, gosh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I mean, I don't know, maybe kind of sort. No, I said, absolutely. It will help you. This is what you need. If you follow these steps, you will win. This is the plan. You can do it. And not only can you do it, you will do it. And I can't wait to hear your success story as a result of you winning because you applied this to your life because I believe in it. Like yep. Kim, I don't feel bad selling my books or selling events because I've seen the life change. I've heard the testimonials. I know that it works, but I yep. believe in it. But if I didn't, no one else would either. And
0: you know, it's interesting that you said about being able to kind of go step by step through the book. That was something I I was thinking about too is I think a lot of times we think we know. Like in the in our minds, we think we know this or that because of our experiences. But when you're starting something new like this, I think one of the best things you can do is open the book page one and go step by step because it helps you reevaluate your why. Like if you don't know your why, which I know that you reiterate all the time. Then it's not going to help you in the long run. And so even if you've been in business, you know, for a while, and you just want to get this book to kind of help you refocus or whatever it may be, going step by step from page one, I think is one of the best things you can do for yourself.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I definitely designed it that way so that if you start at page one and you go cover to cover by the end of the book with the action you know, items that you fill in at the mm-hmm. end of every chapter, you have a customized plan for your business. But then what's so great is it's also organized topically and categorically where – If you, two years from now, don't want to read it to cover to cover again, but you want to go back, like, let me read that chapter on selling. I'm really struggling with my sales. Or let me go back and read that chapter on goal setting. Then you can also just use it topically. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of designed where it can help you in either way. But I, I appreciate you saying that because it was certainly intentional on my part to help women start at the beginning. And I don't know of any other business plan. that starts with why. I don't know of any other one that's like, (laughs) let's start with why you do it. But you know what, like I say all the time at the event, why you do it will always affect how you do it. And that informs your marketing and it informs a lot of other things. So that's why we kind of started there. And that was not my idea. That started with Simon Sinek. I learned a lot from him on Start With Why and his book Start With Why. But that's why my business plan starts with why.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So recently, um, so I've been blogging for four years. And recently, I've been kind of through this process of what we talked about, like where I went into a group of, um, you know, women and mentors that I, that I value their opinions and their feedback. And, you know, was telling them that I was feeling strongly that like, I needed to start doing kind of a coaching business for like mm-hmm. online, online content creators. And um, that it was a passion that I had and that I get really like, I geek out every time I sit down with somebody. And I knew this was my strength, but you know, I like needed permission to do it. But now that I'm in it, The other struggle that I'm facing as a business person is being confident and confident enough to charge what I'm worth. And I think a lot of other women struggle with that too. And I think if you could touch on this as well, we always want to give out friend discounts and how does that work in the grand scheme of things?
1: Yes, yes, yes. So those are two great questions. So the first question of how do you charge what you're worth? One of the real struggles in the service-based business is so many women ask themselves, what do I want to make per hour? Or even what am I willing to work for per hour? So let's say, hypothetically, Kim, in your coaching, Mm -hmm. you're willing to work for $30 an hour. That's what you're willing to work for. Well, if that's the only question you ask yourself, I'm willing to work for $30 an hour, then you're going to charge $30 an hour. But I don't want you to ask yourself that. I want you and anyone else listening that's in a service-based business to ask yourself this instead. Instead of asking yourself, what am I willing to work for per hour, where you come up with the bare bones minimum of what you're willing to work for, I want you to ask yourself, what is the value of the service I'm providing worth? What is the value okay. of the service I'm providing worth? Now, Kim, if you're working with business owners and you're able to increase their bottom line and, mm-hmm. you know, increase their Facebook likes by 100% in three months or whatever this looks like for you, whatever metrics that you're creating through the value you're providing, well, what's that worth? You know, for those of your listeners that are... Um, You've got a home organizer or a wedding planner. What is the value of planning an entire wedding where the bride shows up and she's a guest at her own wedding? She doesn't have to worry about a single detail. What's the value Mm -hmm. of mending relationships if you're a child and family therapist or counselor? The value you're going to come up with is so much higher then the bare bones minimum of what you're willing to work for per hour. And so you begin to ask yourself that question, and then you come up with a more appropriate number that you charge per hour, in, especially in the service-based business. But okay. to your point of the um, of the question, what do you do about friends and family? I just want you to be intentional with what you give away. Because what we do, the problem is not that we give away stuff right. or time or money. The problem is that we do it in a reaction. Uh, we, we react. We don't proactively plan it. We react when people ask for it. And mm-hmm. so instead, you are in the driver's seat. You are in control of your business and your business finances. So you just plan in advance. What are you comfortable with? Okay, well, uh, for example, let's see. I have X amount of hours in a week that I coach. I'm comfortable giving away. of those hours completely for free where I just help people because I want, um, God to use me and to use my gifts. And I want to bless people that maybe don't have the money to afford my coaching services, that type of thing. So I, I plan on my calendar, 10% of my hours, and then I block those. And I do it as first come first serve. You can do it based on need, based on story, based on fill in the blank, whatever criteria, but then you plan it. And then every single week, if you get requests, for your time or your stuff, if you're in a product-based business, you mm-hmm. say, you know what? We've already filled up these slots for, gotcha. um, you know, our gifts or our scholarships, however you want to word it. Uh, but feel free to apply next week, next month, you know, whatever the thing is. But then that communicates to everyone: I'm running a for-profit business. I'm running the business in order to stay in business. It's you know, it's your responsibility as a business owner to do that. But then it still allows you to bless people. It still allows you to help people where you want to. And and Kim, I really do that. Like I have a handful of people that I coach totally for free. They're friends of mine, gotcha. but I don't do that for every single right, person. Right, I just do that for those people that I plan on on purpose.
0: Well, I appreciate that because that's an idea that's never really like, I, you know, like trying to be careful how much Uh, time you set aside for different things. And so like knowing, okay, I can put a percentage of my time to the side to be able to do these things and help other people is really, that's really helpful for me. So I I appreciate that. I've learned something. Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So it's amazing to me the number of application tools that you guys included in the book. So if a person picked up your business boutique book today, what would they walk away with after they finished it? I know they would walk away with a lot,
1: but (laughs) yeah, so I had to, I had to fight for this one particular component of it because if, and you know this, Kim, with your book coming out, but when you start talking about page count and Mm -hmm. you start talking about adding signatures, which is a set of of pages that you put in, in a book, uh, depending on the layout and the word count and the amount of chapters and all that good stuff, when every time you add pages... It adds cost to your cost of goods and you're not necessarily going to charge that much more for the book. So you have to be kind of careful there when you're publishing a book. So one of the things that I added um, that I had to kind of fight for were these action items. So at Mm -hmm. the end of every chapter, when you finish a chapter, there are a couple pages of action items where you apply what you've learned and you fill in the blank workbook style, like you actually write in this book, even though it's a hardback book. And I want it to be a workbook style where you're applying what you learned, but as you fill in the action items at the end of every chapter, by the time you finish the last chapter, you have your customized plan for your business. And so it becomes something that you apply what you learn. It's not a book that I want you to read, put on the shelf and let it collect dust. Mm -hmm. I want it to be something that sits on your desk. You use it as a resource and refer back to it regularly and you update it as your business changes and your goals change. But uh, when you, when you close the book and you finish it, not only do you have this resource to refer back to but you have your customized plan to get you off on the right track or to your point if you're listening and you already have a business these are helping you cover bases you may have forgotten along the way yeah
0: so now business boutique is isn't just a book from what i can see and what i've experienced firsthand you and dave ramsey's team are building a movement almost you've got the big event in nashville annually you've got live events around the country You've got a podcast called Christy Wright's Business Boutique, and now you've got the book. So my question is, where can we get the book? Because everybody who's listening who has some business stirring inside or you have a business already started should go get
1: this. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, well, we have everything at businessboutique.com. And we're really, like we talked about, just trying to keep up with the demand because women need help in this area. And we live already in this side gig generation, the you economy where it's easier than ever to start a business from your passions and hobbies, but most people need help with the business stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I wrote my book. And we also launched something brand new called the Business Boutique Academy. And you can learn more about that at businessboutique.com. But we have so many options from free stuff like podcasts and blogs to paid uh, online resource, which is the Business Boutique Academy that gives you assessments and tools and video training, all this stuff to help you as well, all the way to things like the book that you can have have in your hands in your home on your desk and so we just want whatever format works best for you or maybe it's multiple different ones we want to give you everything you need to win that's my heart is for helping women win and
0: christy thank you so much for your wisdom i really appreciate that you took time out of your busy life to encourage us to pursue our dream to do the thing that we love I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed that interview. She gave such great answers and great insight. And I hope that today you are inspired to go and pursue the thing that you really have stirring in your heart to do or to go back and rekindle the flame that you had for the thing that you're doing now. Have a great week. See you next time.